So we're moving on now to the um, competencies that relate to the transmitting domain. And um, as I was thinking about these competencies and thinking about them in the context of the transmitting domain, it's important to remember that what the transmitting domain is all about is um, things that increase the chances of passing on our genes, right? I mean, at a biological level, the only thing that matters is whether or not we pass on our genes or uh, supporting adaptations that in our ancestors increased the probability of them passing on their genes. And we can break those uh, adaptations down into three categories, three clusters, we call them domains, and we think of those as proximate sort of go proximate goals to the ultimate goal of increasing the chance problem, uh, the increasing the probability of reproduction. Now, again, as we've said many times, this doesn't mean that people will reproduce. It just means that it's behaviors that increase the probability of that. Now, when we look at these uh, proximate categories. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? Yeah. So, so I know we've said these things many times. I don't know who we've said these things to, uh, but once you understand evolution, you realize that it may sound like we do things so that we can reproduce, but it's kind of the other way around. And I know you're saying the same thing. I'm just trying to yeah. kind of yeah. say with different words, but uh, the way evolution works is that certain things have a higher chance to succeed in terms of reproduction. Yeah. Um, and those things are the ones, those traits or behaviors are the ones that stay because those genes get passed on. So in this case, when we think about transmitting, it is things that succeed at getting noticed and finding some vehicle to reproduce yourself, right. um, whether you want that or not. Exactly. There, there's nothing about intentionality here. There's mm. nothing about... Um, purpose yeah you know i mean these things don't exist because you know something is pulling them forward they just you know there's just a simple logical algorithm to it that which tends to reproduce gets reproduced right so you know i mean it's that simple so there's not good or bad um and again most of these things worked for our ancestors their impulses we have that work for our ancestors they don't necessarily mean they'll work for us so we have to keep that in mind as we think about these things now the, those things that we put into the transmitting categories are different from the things we put into the preserving categories and the navigating categories the navigating categories are those things that ensure that you know uh, that increase the chances that we will be successful as a member of a group. Okay, we'll understand the group. We won't get kicked out of it. Okay, we'll be able to cooperate with others. Okay, this increases the chances of passing on our genes. In the preserving domain, it's things that, you know, increase that we'll be healthy enough and live long enough to do those things that increase the chances of you know, us passing on our genes. And in the transmitting domain, it is things that 
increase the probability that other people will notice us and see our fitness. Okay. And again, my fitness, it's, you know, people tend to think, you know, a muscular fitness or strength or aggression or something. No, it just means fit, right? It's, you know, round circle and round hole, square, you know, peg and square hole. It's, you know, um, it's just fit only means that it's adapted to the environment. We have cockroaches that they've we've had we have beetles they've been around for millions and millions and millions of years they are not fitter than humans are in the sense we think about it but they fit their environment really really well which is why they're still around okay so it's not about increasing complexity it's not about growing towards something more spiritual or anything like that it is just happening to fit the environment so in humans when we're talking about this domain it is behaviors that get us noticed, that demonstrate the fitness of either us individually or our ideas or the things that we create. Okay, so it's doing things that get those things noticed so others will say, hey, I want to know more about that. Okay, because it's in my benefit to do so. Right. So when we talk about the transmitting domain and, you know, the competencies that we're going to discuss, we have to take the, you know, kind of the, the moral question out of it. We have to not see it as a value judgment in some way, right? It's just, hey, if I have something that I want to share with people, I need people to see that I'm here and understand that what I have is worth paying attention to. It is worth saying that if that applies to all domains, I mean, to <laughs> preserving, navigating, and transmitting, the taking out the moral question. Out Absolutely. Of it. Yeah, because Absolutely. it's, um, for example, in our case, uh, we tend to have a judgment about preserving and also about uh, transmitting. Some transmitters have a real kind of bad judgment about uh, what idea about navigating. So that applies to every domain. Yeah. And I also think, I, I mean, first of all, I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. And I also think that just like some of the Enneagram types are a little bit more polarizing in general, right? Eights, for example, you know, people react to them because they're, you know, part of their nature is to cause a reaction okay and i think it's the same way same way with the transmitters in some way okay they tend to get noticed more and so because they're noticed more because they're kind of you know part of what it is is about display yeah. then they are by nature going to be judged a little bit more right you know if you're in a room and you're you know it's got one third of preservers one third of navigators and one third of transmitters you're going to notice the transmitters Okay, That's and they're transmitting is about <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. You know, so you have a peacock, a pigeon, and a duck. You're going to notice the peacock, right? So, um, so we really have to think about this because one of the things that stops us from these competencies is this idea of you know being humble. Okay, that is such a part of so many cultures, even a culture like the United States, which is not a very humble 
culture, right? I, I saw your face there, right? But there is still this element of even my clients, even my transmitting three clients, okay? There's this thing where they feel like I shouldn't be, you know, putting myself above other people and so forth. So every culture has that. It's part of the Judeo-Christian, um, you know, uh, uh, temperament, right? And not just the Judeo-Christian temperament, most religious traditions um, uh, advocate for humility. Okay, so it's a cultural thing. Right. So with that, well, let's take a look at the three um, subdomains, actually the uh, the nine subdomains and, and three. Oh, so actually, first of all, we have to talk about this, right? So what are the competencies that are related to the transmitting domain? And we call it brand management, uh, managing your brand and uh, building your network. So in the navigating domain, we talked about nurturing your network. That is taking care of those people already in your network or staying connected to them. This is about expanding your network, sort of growing, you know, people into that, uh, that network. So um, the, um, the two qualities, managing your brand, uh, transmitting the message you want to transmit. Now, we're talking about leadership here, but anybody who has any business, okay, either it's their own business or they're an employee in a business, needs to do some transmitting, right? Unless you want to get into an entry-level job and stay there for the rest of your life, you need to do some transmitting. Okay, you need to let you might even lose it if you don't trust me a bit. Exactly right. Exactly right. If people are not aware, you know, if they just think, you know, this person's dead weight here, you know, why do we need them? So, you know, and again, as we're going to see, we're not advocating for drawing attention to yourself, you know, falsely, right, of pretending to be something you're not. We're just talking about letting sure, letting people know, being sure to let people know that you have some reason for being there and something to offer. Okay. Now, for leaders, this is even more important. Even the most humble leaders understand that their company needs to have some sort of brand management activity, right? That if customers don't think, I want to buy this one and not that one, then they're going to go out of business. You have no right running a company if you don't understand that you need to promote it and position it and all these other sort of things, okay? So a leader has to shape, embody, and protect the brand message, right? You don't see people that are, you know, really out of shape being the brand spokesperson for a fitness business, right? You see fit people doing that, right? You know, you don't see, you know, old people advocating. At least in the successful ones. Exactly right. Okay. So, you know, you don't see old people, you, you know, promoting youthful brands. Okay. That sort of thing, right? You don't see, you know, young people promoting geriatric brands and so forth. So, um, you know, it's all about fitness, okay, but fitting as well as possible. So shaping, embodying, and protecting the brand message and then projecting that brand to the people who need to see it, okay? I've got this great thing. I need people to know, okay, because number one, they'll benefit from it, right? They'll want to have this and they'll enjoy having it. Number two, I need to make a living, right? So I need people to know that I have this thing to, to sell. Go. Many times um, promoting 
product or a service is a lot easier than promoting yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people struggle. So here it's managing your brand. Exactly. And, right. and that's what people might neglect to do or do too much of. Exactly. And um, we used to call it um, appropriate self-promotion. And yes. that got a lot of resistance yeah. <laughs> uh, because it immediately takes you to a place of showing off or doing overdoing it. Um, so managing your brand is kind of the right amount. It's yeah. so that it it reflects your value to yeah. the people who need to see it. Yeah, um, I've been listening. Not more, not less. Yeah, I've been listening recently to a podcast by a guy named Donnie Deutsch, who is a you know he ran a big advertising agency for years and years, and it's all about brand. And he starts out, he interviews famous people, and he says, first question he asks them, okay, what is your brand? Right. And most people pretend that they really don't know, but they do, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, well, here's what your brand is. And he always starts off by saying, look, every person is a brand. If you have a Facebook page, you're a brand, okay? And you have to be aware of it. You either manage your brand well or you manage it poorly. Those are the only choices, right? That's all it comes down to. Because if your brand is a bad one, then that's your brand. And so yeah. what we're advocating is managing it rather than letting it manage you. Yeah. When people don't have social media accounts, they might be protecting their brand in some way. But if you look uh, them up, on, if you Google them and they don't appear anywhere, it does say something about your brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. You better manage it. Yeah. And I know lots of corporate people who specifically don't have Facebook pages or else it's very, very closely guarded, right? Uh, only for close friends and that sort of thing, because they know that things, they might, you know, slip up and damage their brand, right? They might post something that they regret. So they only do LinkedIn and they're very controlled about that. So anyway, so managing your brand is critical. Um, and then finally expanding your network. Okay. Um, and again, leaders need to do this. They need to access. And, and again, we usually look at it for two reasons. Number one is to ensure that you have top talent, right? I mean, if you, um, you know, most leaders uh, get hired into a company and paid a lot of money, not just because of what they bring, but because of who they bring. Because almost all successful CEOs have a deep network of talented people that they can bring with them. So expanding your network gives you the access to the talent and the relationships that you need to be successful. And it helps you to find customers, strategic partners, etc. Okay, so this is a big part of every company's need is to be out there all the time connecting to people, expanding the network, looking for acquisition targets, you know, all that sort of stuff, which you don't get by just sitting home and not doing anything. Okay. Or look, maybe that's a bit extreme. You might not be at home not doing anything, but yeah. if you're just doing your kind of operational job without taking care of these things. Yeah. And we'll put this at a very human level. Right. I mean, how many times do you see people, just regular people, working class people who don't expand their networks, right, who don't continue to make new friends, who don't continue to connect to people? And then they get to a certain point in life where, you know, 
the people around them are starting to die off, you know, and before they know it, they don't have a support network. Okay. So these things are, are really important at a very fundamental level. Okay. We have to keep building relationships. So we have a support network when we need it. Okay. For whatever aspect of life we're talking about. So if we look at the subdomains of the uh, transmitting uh, domain, uh, it's asserting is the first one we talk about. And at the personal level that we talked about in module one, it's need, satisfaction, low inhibition, and ambition. I'm sorry, low inhibition and ambition. The equivalents at work, I like to say you have to hunt the antelope, right? I always tell people the antelope rarely walks into your camp, okay? If you want to eat, you got to go out and hunt the antelope. Um, overcoming false humility is something we're going to talk a bit about here, because again, this is one of the most critical reasons uh, why people hold back from doing this effectively. And the third is ambition. You know, I mean, uh, we tend in some cultures, again, to demonize ambitious people. People don't want to seem too ambitious. I always say, you know, give me 10 ambitious people, you know, I, I, you know, and you can accomplish things, right? I mean, I'm not interested in people who don't have any ambition. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd still be living in caves if people didn't have ambition. It's interesting how there's a connection between these three because your ambition, you have certain goals, you want to get to a place, you want to hunt the antelope. Mm -hmm. If you're looking around, um, worrying too much about what people will think, um, the antelope will go away. Absolutely. Absolutely right. <laughs> you need to stay focused. And Absolutely right. That prevents you to, from paying too much attention to what's around you and allows you to um, get the prey. Right. Right. Good. All right. So let's look at the next subdomain. So that's the broadcasting and narrow casting subdomain and at the personal level it's signaling sending out a message that i'm worth paying attention to right that uh, you know hey i you know i drive the right car i drive you know i went to the right school whatever it is that we do to send signals it's an element of seduction right getting people to turn your way and to pay attention and then there's this one-on-one -on -one connection right i need to hold your attention for a while once i get it and so in the workplace equivalence, that's, again, personal branding is the signals that we send out. It's every message that, you know, we send, whether we're conscious or not, we're sending signals to other people that they are interpreting. And, um, the second one is getting noticed by the right people. Okay, We want to make sure that our customers, our potential customers will see you know, who we are or the influential people in an organization who might hire us or promote us or so forth need to do it. So it needs to be some element of targeting here. And then it's about cementing strategic relationships, right? Once I see this person might be useful to me in some way, or, you know, even if it's just I really enjoy the pleasure, I got to do something to cement that relationship, to bond us in some way. What I've noticed here is that there is a really um, good capacity or skill to um, read people when those are the right people. I mean, when yep. it's the people that I pay attention to, I'm able to read the kind of the signals and understand all the kind of nonverbal cues or things like that. Yep. Um, 
so when we're talking about that ability in navigators, that's a more kind of um, across the board where you're paying attention to the whole group in general. Uh, whereas with transmitters, they sometimes feel like they can do that, but it's yeah. only when they're more interested in the person. Well, that's my experience. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I think what the transmitters are often skillful at doing is evaluating people very quickly, sizing them up, putting them into categories and moving on, right? Um, you know, okay, this one's interesting, that one's not. This one's interesting, that one's not. Whereas the navigators are not doing that quite so much, right? They're evaluating people, they're sizing them up, they're, you know, judging classifying. them. Classifying. Yeah. Classifying, but they still pay attention to the nuances, mm -hmm. right? Whereas transmitters kind of move on unless the people are really interesting to them and then they'll pay yeah. attention to the nuances. So the third subdomain is the impressing. And in the personal uh, realm, we have issues of legacy. Right, uh, what will carry on of me, my genes, memories of me, etc., charm, uh, and impact. Right, uh, you know, leaving a mark. And the workplace equivalence is, you know, sustainability of the business. Okay, I want my business to carry on past me. I don't want it to die with me. I want it to, you know, I want my children to have it or somebody else to carry it on, etc. Uh, the lifting up of others. Right, the you know, inspiring people. The making them feel enthusiastic and engaged and part of a, you know, a, a passionate vision. Is and good about them. themselves. And good about themselves. Absolutely right. You know, I'm special because I'm part of something special and this person recognizes my special qualities, etc. Okay. And again, having an impact, right? Uh, again, you know, we, we live in a tough world of, uh, you know, the work world where people are being evaluated and the people that have an impact get more opportunities and the people who don't, don't. We've mentioned this issue of false humility that we need to pay attention to. And um, honestly, most of the time, this is just fear. Right. It's 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 fear of the um, of the unknown. It's fear of expanding. Um, but in fairness, some of it is, you know, a lot of it is legitimate. Right. So we you know, um, uh, there are these cultural uh, norms about, you know, not overselling ourselves. Okay? And so we tend to err, most of us on the side of caution. And instead of out of our fear of being this guy, right, the guy who's, you know, uh, you know, highlighting the one big muscle where everything else is very normal sized, you know, there's a deceptiveness. There's a um, like you know, he's overselling. Yeah. Overselling something. Absolutely right. And we don't want to be that person who's overselling. And every time I talk to a client about, you know, promoting oneself almost all the time they say, you know, I don't want to be that person who's always selling themselves, but doesn't have any real substance. Okay. So we create this polarity. You're either somebody who is humble and substantive or somebody who is self-promoting and, you know, uh, uh, un, you know, but doesn't have the skills and talent to back it up. Okay. When the reality is, is that we should be, both 
okay? We should have talent and we should let people know that we have talent, but in a way that doesn't make us seem like a jerk, okay? Um, Yeah, as we've said before, I think that it's about how do I put kind of the right price on the product that I am? um, It's not a high price, but not a lower price. And when we don't manage our brand properly, we are setting a lower price uh, for the value that we offer. And that's not good. Not good for us and not good for the um, organization we're part of. Right, right. Absolutely. And and so this image on the on the right uh, here or on my right is uh, putting a basket over a candle. And the reason we have this image here is there's a passage. I'm pretty sure it's in the Sermon on the Mount where, you know, Jesus says, look, you don't light a candle and then put a, a basket over. It, right. Um, that's just silly. Instead, you you put the basket, you know, the candle on top of the basket, because the, the job of the candle is to provide light. Right. And if you cover it up, then it doesn't do any good. And each one of us brings something to the group, whether it's the family, whether it's the the social group, whether it's the organization that we work for. And we need to fulfill that role we do. And what often happens in organizations when people are falsely humble is that the rest of the organization doesn't know all the skills they possess. And therefore, those skills do not get utilized. Okay? And no organization, no group can afford to have underutilized resources. Okay? So if I am only uh, contributing 70% of what I am capable of, that means 30% of me as a human resource is being un- unutilized, okay? That's simply not good business. So I have a responsibility to my organization, to the group I'm with, to say, hey, here's what I'm capable of, okay? Here's what I can do. So we need to understand this issue as an instance of the appropriate utilization of resources, Okay. Yeah, and it's not the person at the top responsibility to know exactly what I'm capable of. Right. And people are busy, and yes. they're not going to be looking on every desk or every office for the value that is hidden there. It is our job to let people know what we're capable of. Yeah. I can't tell you how many clients I've had this conversation with, yeah. and it goes the same way. And it goes like this. Well, you know, my boss should know what I'm good at, okay? The bosses should be looking at people and understanding, et cetera, et cetera. And then I say to them, okay, how many people do you manage? And how many people do they manage? And often we're into dozens, if not hundreds of people down into the organization. And I say, do you have the time to go searching out all the capabilities of all these people? Or would you like them to make it easier for you to know what they're capable of? Right? And they always say, well, yeah, it'd be so much easier if I just knew. 
Well, there you go. This is how it works. Okay. We always think people should notice us, but other people have the responsibility to, you know, to help us notice and understand them. Okay. So your job, whether it's in a company, whether it's in a family, whether it's in a social group, is to be a fully utilized resource. That's all this is about. Now, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of books and resources on how to manage your brand. And we'll have some good ones in the resources uh, that we provide to people. Um, so we're not going to, you know, go through how to craft your brand, that sort of thing. There are lots of people who do that a lot better than we do. What we are focused on here is the psychological obstacles to create to doing these things. Okay. So, uh, but and 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 making sure that we see these as something important to be done. Yes. yes. Because um, we can see the books, but we might think that it they're not for us. We don't right. need to do that. Right. And we do. Yes. Yes. So, um, but a few tips, you know, that we'll, we'll leave with people here, right? A few reminders just uh, to, to get you started on the path of thinking about these things. Uh, number one, take control of your personal brand rather than letting it be controlled, okay? Because people create narratives about you, right? Whether you like it or not. And if there are people whose narratives about you matter, you need to make sure that you are shaping it, okay? Uh, so it's your responsibility to let other people, to ensure that others know what you're capable of. In fact, you owe it to your company, like we said in the other video. Um, inform people of your developmental goals, even yeah. if they're goals that you're setting yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, this is so important. Uh, when we know people, we put a label on them and don't change that label unless there's something really kind of vivid or um, that makes us review it. So when we're informing people that we're having these goals, it will make people look at us with fresh eyes and pay attention to what we're changing. Otherwise, we might change lots of things and people will never notice it. Right, right. Absolutely right. Um, we need to look the part that we want to play, right? I mean, if, um, you know, if your appearance, your environment uh, is incongruous or incongruent with who you want to be or who you want to portray yourself to be, it will undermine you. You know, I mean, I'm just looking at my background here, right? So there's some books, there's a, you know, a simple lamp, there's a little, you know, a couple of Buddhas there, right? And there's a baseball picture in the background, right? Each one of those things is, you know, carefully picked because it sends a particular message, right? I mean, if I had, you know, I could put any picture there that I wanted, I could put anything on that table by the lamp, I could not have books in the background, but I'm creating an image. Now, if I had, 
you know, rainbows and unicorns painted all over the wall or something like that. It would be hard to take me seriously as someone giving people advice on how to be more successful at work, right? So, you know, and, and <laughs> unless you work in a circus, right? I could have a little kids show, you know, but you know, <laughs> you know, but you know, and if that was the case, if I was selling a kids show or something like that, then I would want a different background. Okay, so this is, you know, this is the important thing. I don't know that I would do so good in that environment, but um, you know, again, it's I mean, about we've said this. Uh, we've said this, I think, before, but it's if you're the boss, you need to behave in a certain way, but also sit in a certain place, uh, talk at a certain point. There are some signals that you send yes. that let people know who's in charge. When you right. don't do that, there's something off. Yes. Yes. All right. Good. Yeah. People have to be believable, right? Just like any movie character. Okay. You know, if if it's, you know, uh, you know, a person that's 60 years old playing somebody who's supposed to be 18, you know, this party is going to say, hey, wait a minute, that's not right. You know, if the person's movie is supposed to be happening in the 1950s, but they're wearing, a, you know, a, you know, a suit that's clearly from this era. Well, that's a problem and so forth. OK, it's about congruence. Uh, be energetic and positive. They take advantage of and manage emotional resonance. What we mean by that is. That your energy affects other people, your mood, your affect affects other people. If you want them to want to be around you, it has to be a favorable affect. Okay, it has to be positive. It has to be energetic. If people have the feeling of being dragged down by your presence, they're not going to be one around. They're not going to want to be around you. Very, very simple. Executive presence, you know, again, executive presence is one of those things that everybody means something different by, right? Sometimes it's the way people dress. Sometimes it's the way people speak, you know, sometimes about how long they speak. Whatever it is, we need to be careful of what presence we are created. And it's about being present. Okay, this is an important thing. If you want to connect to people, if you want them to want to be around you, don't check your messages on your cell phone while they're talking to you, right? This is really simple. Executive presence is about being present and in the moment, okay? Being uh, engaged and an active listener. Okay? Um, and seeming to be engaged and active at listening because I absolutely. had a client who loved to kind of balance, I don't know how to say it, but uh, kind of do like that in his chair. Right. And... And he looked like he was distracted. He wasn't aware of it, of course. And yep. he just stopped doing that because we were working on his executive presence, amongst other things. But there's so many details yes. that we do or don't do that send these signals. Yeah. Yeah. There's an element of theater here, right, with the mm -hmm. signals that we're sending out. Okay. Become a thought leader, right? It's good to be recognized for having something to say, right? People, you know, want to go to your social media pages because they'll find something interesting, et cetera. People will hire you as a coach or consultant because you have some demonstrated expertise, okay? So we all have, you know, the uh, we all benefit from being seen as a thought leader in some way. We shouldn't self-deprecate. This is feedback and advice I give to, you know, especially minds all the time. Um, shouldn't really say never 
um, you know, because some people do need to self-deprecate a little bit because the rest of their personality is so non-deprecating, right? I'm one of those people who, you know, for example, needs to strategically self-deprecate or else people will just think I'm a jerk. Um, but the point we're making here is don't diminish yourself. Don't undervalue yourself um, because people are already looking for ways to do that. So don't give it to them. Okay. And finally, identify champions and ask for their support, right? Once start, people start to notice you, okay, recognize that, you know, they can be amplifiers for you. Now, of course, we want to not just go around asking random people to amplify the message of our value to other people. We need to be, you know, uh, reciprocal about these things and so forth. But we should not avoid taking the opportunity to do it. Now, again... Go ahead, Marissa. Yeah, that with the clients that I work that are not kind of at the highest level, uh, I very often have them work on building those kind of relationships and say, okay, so who at the top really needs to see you? Right. And uh, go and ask for feedback, for help, for mentorship, for and or for just to for a chat. Yeah. So that that person shares the longer term view of the where the organization is going or something like that. But yeah. uh, having someone at the top, it's necessary. Yes. And I always tell my clients, if you can't get to the person you want to get to, get to somebody that that person listens to. Right. So if I can't get to the CEO, but I know there's a vice president that he listens to and I have a you know, relationship with her. I want to make sure I leverage that relationship so the next time these two are talking, my name might come up, right, or they'll see me. So um, get as close to the target as you can um, and uh, leverage that. Okay. So, again, there are a million tips on these sort of things, a million ways to build your brand, a million ways to promote yourself, a million ways to expand your relationships. We'll provide some additional resources in the uh, resources section.